0: What's up, Abundant babe? I'm so glad you found your way here. You're in the right place for the highest of vibes, the silliest of laughs, and the best of the bunch, all things related to spiritual entrepreneurship and creating holistic success. This is your host, Viola Hug, a coach for women who desire to have it all, alignment, wealth, impact, and joy. Come find me at Viola Hug on Instagram, join my free Abundant Babes group on Facebook, or grab a copy of my best-selling book, You Are an Abundant Babe, on Amazon. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Abundant Babes podcast. This is your host, Viola, and I'm so excited to be welcoming on Kelly to the podcast. Hey, Kelly, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm so good. So we're going to have a really fun, interesting conversation today. Kelly's actually the founder of a subscription box for kids called Petite Princess Box, which I had a look through the website and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the cutest thing. And she's also a full-time communication specialist. And she, yeah, so she's got a really cool story. We're going to talk about the different kind of like um, challenges she's had in her business and um, as well why she started out the way that she did, and also how she's having so much success with what she's doing as well. So I'm excited to dive in, but on a more personal level, Kelly, do you want to introduce yourself and kind of share a little bit more of your story?
1: Sure. Uh, So my name is Kelly, Viola introduced me. Uh, So I actually started my entrepreneur journey when I was 21. So late into my college years and um I actually always had kind of that entrepreneurial spark um you know I, I would sell things online and, and I remember having an Etsy shop when I was like 17 and um I kind of moved to uh, wanting to do bigger things um and you know at that age I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and, mm-hmm. and what, what I wanted to get into um so I actually wanted to be a teacher <laughs> originally and um I used to volunteer at like a kindergarten class Mm -hmm. um, part-time. And so I used to work a lot with kids ages three, between three to five. And one day a little girl uh, came in with a hair accessory. It was like a little tiara Mm -hmm. and she wore it. And like every day, every, like that whole day, every one of her friends wanted to wear this tiara. And every time they wore this tiara, they would all of a sudden become this princess. And it kind of sparked this imagination. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself like, Oh, how interesting, you know, like something so small and, you know, you never think could ignite so much of this imagination with kids. Mm-hmm. And so at the time I, um, actually was looked into the subscription box model and it was new, um, when I first started, you know, mm-hmm. it was something interesting that came into the e-commerce market. And I thought, Oh, I'm like, it would kind of be interesting if I were to create a box for kids. Cause there wasn't, it wasn't such a saturated market as it is now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I remember, I, I remember this day distinctly, I was parked in a grocery parking uh, lot with my dad and I said, what do you think if I were to start a subscription box called Petite Princess Box? And like the name just came to me. <laughs> I said, yeah. um, you know, including princess accessories and unique princess items um, and, you know, sending them every month and having like a different theme and fairy tale story card included in each box to kind of ignite this imagination that I saw. And, you know, my dad was like, go for it. And I was like, so just go for it. He's like, yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and like, you know, people always ask like, well, how did you start it? Like, did you plan anything? And honestly, I didn't. I literally just went for it. I, you know, did my research. Um, I bought a domain name. Like that was the first thing I did <laughs> for a website. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I started uh, researching how to build my own website and how to kind of run an e-commerce based business. Um, I got, I talked to a few people with, that were already in the subscription box business and um I started realizing like I don't really I don't really have money <laughs> to invest a lot in this mm-hmm. and then that's kind of what made me become this one woman show where I you know invested $500 originally for like a domain name a website host and then I kind of and a bit of the product and then I kind of created petite princess box <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um that's pretty much how it started. Like the story behind it. Wow. And then Kind of just grew from there.
0: Yeah. And so when you first started, like you say, you started with the investment of $500 for those basic things. Did you like come up with a concept and then buy products or like, I'm really interested to hear like how you actually got your first customers and and how that process went.
1: Yeah. So, um, of course there's quite a process behind it. So mm-hmm. definitely, um, you know having a pre-launch phase so i created a social media page and if you were to see like my very first post it, it looks so amateur <laughs> um, <laughs> but i had a social media page that kind of you know trying to drive that traffic before i made that big launch mm-hmm. um, and yeah like coming up with the concepts and kind of creating this roadmap for myself even though i was you know I wasn't very it was kind of hard to imagine it right when you're not really in in it yeah um, so that's how I started. It was really having this pre-launch and building this um this interest on social media. I think that was the key to when I first launched. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cool. That's so cool. Um I think yeah. that's like and that's like the the whole social media empire thing. You know, it's really about that and it just goes to show that that's like I guess what what you can do when you have just like a little bit of something, you know, and then with not a lot you can start big things. Um Which is so cool. Yeah. So, so I know one of the things that you talked about as well is um, your failures on your path to your business. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that and why you feel they made your business so successful?
1: Yes. So, like I said, um, learning everything from scratch um, and doing that research yourself, you do, and, and having that, you know, having that pre launch phase and you know, going kind of through the motion. I think my first two years, there was so much fail. Like there wasn't so much failure, but there were moments of failure where I actually felt like giving up. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if it's possible with, you know, balancing all, all this. And like time management was a huge thing, I'll tell you. Cause I, you know, I was full-time university and I think it within the second year of my business I actually went on to get a master's degree. So I was doing that full-time and then uh, working a part-time job as well on the side and um part the part-time job would kind of help with the costs of the business as well (laughs) and so um that time management really really was what kind of pulled me back into um feeling like i didn't have enough time for it like not enough time to invest into learning like i was in university um in my college years and so i think that i think there are a few things i can touch upon first thing um time management like i said Second thing was that I didn't really have good branding in place. So um, prior to getting, so I actually mastered in uh, communications and it was a focus mm-hmm. on digital marketing and branding. So before getting into that master's program, you know, I, I branded the Deep princess box, but it was very amateur. You know, my boxes were like a plain white box with the sticker on top. Cause that's all I could afford. You know, I didn't really invest much mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realize that the importance of investing in a good brand. And so when I went on to do that master's degree, I started learning about branding and what kind of, you know, what businesses have built that branding up to kind of sell that product. So I thought to myself, well, I think the next step I should do before giving up um, is actually rebrand myself and see where that takes me. And so um, I, you know, I learned graphic design and I you know, created this new logo and, um, I kind of created our, the design of our new pink boxes. They were actually all pink. They were really pretty much of an upgrade than my old boxes. And, um, I redid my entire website, um, learned, relearned how to do it and really, really took time, uh, to relearn, literally relearn how to launch my business again. And that's what I did. I actually took, um, a few months of a break, Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of halted all of my subscriptions that i was sending out and said you know i'll be back i'm kind of doing a makeover and i did that and honestly i can tell you that my trail my uh, sales tripled after rebranding wow that's so cool yeah i feel like the
0: the 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 branding thing is like such a big thing as well like i don't know if you have any like tips or anything that you want to share in that that aspect that might be valuable for the audience listening right now but i know that like one of the things that's so huge and um is even things like the the filters or like small things like that that you use on a consistent basis makes such a difference to like the the energy that's perceived from what you post on social media um and like for me when I first started my business it was like the same thing you know obviously like very very amateur amateur just posting whatever and um, because my business is mainly um, services, right? So it's not like I necessarily have products I need to brand, but I have like courses I, I brand or my my whatever that I brand. And um, yeah, the more that I kind of like started taking it more seriously and starting to think of like, how can I really like portray visually what I want my customers and my audience to feel and experience when they're within my bubble, the more it felt like people Assumed I was doing really well in my business, or like you know, th- like at the very start when I, when you're first starting, and your friends are kind of noticing what you're doing, and they're like, "Oh wow," you know. And the biggest difference was when I was being more intentional about my branding.
1: Oh yeah, no branding is definitely like I learned branding is almost everything, especially when your business is e-commerce based. You know, like yeah. think about it, you're marketing to an online platform, so you need to really nail down that branding. And I'm not just talking like, you know, people think branding's like oh if I post you know this photo with this filter and um you know or use these colors like it's not just that it's actually the language and communication that you use to brand yourself mm-hmm. so for me Excellent. you know I'll give I'll give an example um some of my branding would be intro, uh, you know my email blast my e-blast I will say hi royalty so I kind of refer to my subscribers as royalty um kind of paints that princess picture yeah. you know mm-hmm. or I'll refer to you know our Uh, I'll say the castle sending out your packages. Like it kind of paints this, you know, kind of goes side by side with what I'm selling. And Mm -hmm. I think that's extremely important. Sometimes I find um, businesses kind of, you know, they focus on the graphics, they focus on the, you know, colors, they focus on the images that they post, but they never really focus on the language that they use Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when talking to their future customers or future clients.
0: Yeah, I feel like the way that I, and I mean, this is just my perspective. So I mean, anything you have to add, please throw in <laughs> the, the way that I kind of like learned it and navigated it in my own head is like, I feel like there's like the brand, which is like the, what you stand for, right? Like that's like the what you want people to experience and all the thing. And then there's the branding, which I feel comes in more with like the 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 visual and the outer components, like how that actually comes into play. Like you said, like the wording that you use or the the colors that you use, et cetera, et cetera. Um and it is something that I think it's easy not to think about, but it's so power it's so easy to do as well, you know, and it's so powerful to really be more conscious of that. Um I love that. That's really good tips. So for those listening, like it's not just about the colors you use, but also the language and how you're presenting yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So those are, but yeah, branding is definitely, I think what really drove my business. And, um, uh, like I said, time management as well. So I started learning. So, um, I don't know if I mentioned this. I I'm a full-time communication specialist, so I work a nine to five, and people are normally shocked when they hear that. They're like, "Uh, how do you do that? (laughs) How do you uh, run a business and work a nine to five? And I think I just started learning how to time manage pretty well that I now just kept my nine to five. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I'm comfortable doing both, and I think a lot of people can do that. So for example, I'll work like during my lunch breaks, about an hour, I'll take that time, or on my way to work um, if I'm on a train, Mm -hmm. I would take that time to post something on social media. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, When
1: I get home, I'll spend two hours before bed and or an hour before bed and I'll do what I can um, with that. So yeah, I think those two time management as well as branding were maybe one of the two things that I fixed that I felt like I failed prior (laughs) uh, that really, really upped my business um, a whole three levels. Mm. Awesome.
0: So it's just like, Uh, Would you say time management for those that might be like, really, like, I need this? Do you think it's just like being more mindful of where you can like leverage your time? Because I know that like one of the time management tips that I got early on when I I was in my entrepreneurial years was like utilizing, it was called like net time. So no extra time when your hands are busy, but your mind is free or, you know, to like listen to things and that kind of thing. But then also to be able to like when, like you said, you're on um, public transport or whatever, then utilizing that time as well are there like any other tips that you have for people that are needing more time management advice?
1: Um, yeah. So like I said, the, uh, like I noted, uh, using your time wisely. So like you said, we can, you can listen to a podcast on entrepreneurship while you're cooking. Yeah. Um, you know, I usually play like YouTube videos <laughs> or, yeah. Um, or yeah, like podcasts uh, that I can listen to. And honestly, you never realize it. Like so, I used to watch YouTube videos of like nothing. I still do, of like things like fun things and things that aren't really Mm -hmm. educational. And then I started thinking, like, okay, well, I'm wasting like an hour or two doing this. Like, I might as well listen to podcasts and things that will actually leverage my knowledge on entrepreneurship and and e commerce and the trends. And um, I found that also to be a huge help. Um, but, you, you know, you don't really notice how much time you waste sometimes, especially on social media. Like, sometimes I, I find myself scrolling like half an hour on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, I could have made like, I could have planned like a whole week of Instagram posts for my own business in the meantime. So it's kind of like <laughs> self-awareness in a
0: way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> as well, because when we work on social media, it can sometimes be like a trap, a mental trap of like you feel like you're doing something or you start off doing something, you know, you start off with the intention to write a post and then you get distracted or you've even posted something, but then you see someone else's post and you start scrolling. And so it's like, for me, I know that that was like a mental thing that I needed to like, kind of like, I don't really know the right words, but like rework or whatever my mind is when I'm actually like on social media and I'm being intentional about like creating something and being in creation mode versus consumption mode.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, yeah. And learning the difference with that for myself has been really, really huge as well.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Mm. Um, you know, that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, um, Starting, going back to this idea of the subscription-based service. So obviously you launched your business with this. Is this still the main um, offer within your business or have you branched out? Are there other things that you offer? Like what have you um, done with that since you've launched it?
1: So yeah, it's actually stayed as a subscription-based service. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have like a boutique section on my website, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I, and like a gift section so they can actually gift subscriptions, but yes, it is completely still a subscription-based so cool. service. And it's funny. Cause I always get that question, like, yeah. would you ever do something else with it? And, and sometimes I think, and I'm like, I, you know what, I think if I did, I would be so saturated in the market. Like mm-hmm. there are so many boutiques, there are so many people selling, you know, accessories. There are so many people that I think, you know, being an entrepreneur is kind of coming up with that idea that idea that's not there, you know, Mm -hmm. when I started with the princess box, it was the only princess box on the market. And I think it still is. And cool. Yeah. And so that's kind of what, why I call myself an entrepreneur is because I came up with this idea that wasn't on the market at the time. And that's what really separates my box or my item from everything else that may be kind of saturated onto the market and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with having a business where there's other you know competitors and mm-hmm. you know other businesses on that same market but it does it does make, make things harder right um and so you know i thought well it works for me and so <laughs> i'll just yeah deal with it.
0: and i think that and i think you're absolutely right like um the thing is is that sometimes that's where things go wrong you know when they try to uh, uh, diversify, diversify when I don't need to, right? When it's already a good product, when it's already good. And that's that, you know, um, the question that I kind of, and that was kind of just like a side question that I came up with while I was actually going to ask the original question, which was around like, um, was it just the idea that that it was like you could offer something to children because of like what you were doing with like exploring being a teacher that kind of I sparked the idea of starting a subscription-based service or what was the kind of like main reason why you wanted to start something that's subscription-based versus something else?
1: Um, I would say it's a mix of both. So <laughs> subscription boxes at the time to me, and still is, I think is genius in the entrepreneur world. And I'll tell you why you kind of have, if you think about it, let's say you have a hundred subscribers, let's say, you it is almost a guarantee that those subscribers are going to come back the next month they're on they're signed up for a subscription-based service Mm -hmm. and so there isn't this because i didn't have a lot of time there isn't this thing where you have to constantly worry about next month Mm -hmm. and you're not like you know because sometimes and i mean obviously a subscription based service there will be slow months and cancellations of but of subscriptions but compared to you know running a small boutique selling Mm -hmm. accessories This kind of, um, you know, the idea of that subscription-based service provided a sense of security as well Mm -hmm. um, in success. Um, You know, you're able to kind of build and build and build and build. And I felt like it was just easier to see where things were going Mm -hmm. with the subscription-based service. I also liked it because, um, you know, it was a -a once-a-month thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So as I
1: mentioned, I owned an online store prior to that and I would go to the post office every week <laughs> and, um, with a subscription box, I go to the post office once a month. And so, you know, it's so easy to manage that and a full-time job or that and, you know, other priorities in my life. Yeah. That's but, so cool. Yeah. But essentially I'll tell you, I, I kind of put myself in the shoes of a of my, like a little girl who's four mm-hmm. or a little princess who's four, and I think, can you imagine you know, like, put yourself as, as like, in a kid's age right now. Imagine Mm -hmm. getting a pink box in the mail every month. Like, that's Mm -hmm. something you're going to look forward to every single month. Yeah. Um, And so I think that was another reason to why I really geared towards that was, okay, it's so easy for a parent to come and, or anyone to come and purchase an an accessory from a boutique, like a Petit Princess Box boutique. But imagine getting it all in one box, it's themed, and then get a story with it. It just Mm -hmm. creates this, again, it's just the experience behind a subscription box. It's, it's a whole experience. Mm. It just, it's no longer a product. It's like now an experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also kind of what sold me on going with that, mm. you know, route.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like, it's, this conversation is really cool cause it's sparking my imagination as well in terms of like, you know, everything that you're saying is so relevant, I think in multiple areas of entrepreneurship, because it's like, mm-hmm creating an experience for someone is where I think um, the uniqueness comes from. And that ties in what we talked about with branding and that ties in, you know, everything that you're talking about with this, but it's like, um, anybody can follow somebody on social media. You know what I mean? But yeah. the, the way that you um, get into kind of like the energy of who you really want to be serving. And like, even if you imagine like that little girl that's lit up, it's like, we all have that kind of piece in us that's lit up by something And Mm -hmm. when when we as a business owner can tap into what that is for the people we really want to serve, then that's where we can bring that to the forefront in everything that we do and start to create more of an experience from every aspect. And like an example is in my business, like um, communication and connection is like a really high value of mine. And so I really like to, I just like knowing who's there and I like talking to people and I love it when people comment or respond to my stories on Instagram or whatever. And so since the very start of my business, and this hasn't changed no matter like how much my business has grown, um, I mean, there may be a time in the future when that would be very, very different (laughs) because I do plan on serving millions. But, yeah. um, you know, like I always make the effort to to comment back genuinely and be interested in people. Like when people share um, a screenshot of the epi- like an episode of my podcast, I'll ask them what they enjoyed, especially if the, it's the first time that they're sharing, you know, I'll be like, thank you for sharing. Tell me like what's your favorite episode or what did you love about it? Um, because I'm genuinely interested and I've had so much feedback from people that, you know, it kind of like tears down a wall straight away of like, oh, You're someone I can talk to, you know, you're someone I can Mm -hmm. connect with, um, which I feel is part of the experience of being in my bubble. So I love it. I'm like getting all like, ooh, cool. This is exciting to me, the experience
1: idea. Oh, for sure. And you're right about the experience. So I, like you said, you get people commenting about your podcast and, you Mm -hmm. know, you kind of go back and forth with them. And um, people ask me like, do do you get like photos of the little girls opening their boxes? And I always do. And I'll tell you, that is literally the only thing that drives me to continue this because that's all I want. Like people think, you know, starting a business is making money and being successful. And it's really not that. Um, I really try to highlight that to a lot of, you know, friends and family and people that know me that it, that's not what it is. It's honestly what makes you happy in your career and what makes you happy in the business that you build. If little girls were not, Enjoying my boxes, I would change something about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing this to kind of create this experience that I would have loved as a little girl. And you're right; it's at the end of the day that's what kind of separates you um, to be a successful business is, you know, catering to that audience. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, getting getting in their head.
0: And I think it does come back to like what you said when you were a little girl. What would you have enjoyed? And and that's like I think a really good indicator for a lot of us. Like, I mean, I know some people they um, have businesses or products that don't necessarily market towards what they would have wanted but a lot of the soulful entrepreneurs that kind of listen to this podcast they are doing something that resonates with them on some level you know oh, yeah. so yeah. tuning into yourself is always a really good way like asking yourself like what um, like restaurants have you been to or what stores have you been to or what like coaches have you bought from or what, what, you know, have you, what experiences have you had where you really loved it and what did you love so much about it? Right. And it's like, I can think of so many, um, I mean, there's so many shops, there's so many stores that you can go into, but there's like a handful of them that stand out to me when I think about them because the customer service or the way that you're made to feel or the way the store smells, there's like something about it. That's like, so unique you know and really draws you in
1: oh yeah Mm. absolutely um i actually saw this post on linkedin and it was on the difference between branding so they put like starbucks and then like a no brand coffee cup and they're like well starbucks look at that like it brands itself you know who that is when you see that cup you know what company that is but we also associate Starbucks with amazing customer service, right? They get to know you by first name. Uh, you know, they're very friendly uh, when you go into drive through, (laughs) there's like certain things that, and you know, people are like, well, I'll spend an extra $3 at Starbucks because of the experience and, you know, because of that branding that they kind of built for themselves. So that's like a really good example to look at too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, it is so funny because I was literally talking about the same conversation with one of my clients the other day and it's like, um, uh, they're, it's both just beans and water, you know, (laughs) there's not really that much (laughs) different in the product, but it's, it's who they decide they are and who they decide they're for. And, um, I remember that was like one of the first things, like when, even when I was like not making a lot of money, I would, if I was going to go out and pay for a drink, it was like, I would go to Starbucks. (laughs) because. (laughs) I mean, there's still like, obviously other beautiful other cafes that I loved, but there's just something about the experience of like, and also for me as like an entrepreneur, it's like the free Wi-Fi and there's no conditions. Like you're, if you don't buy anything, you can go into Starbucks and just sit there. They never kick you out. (laughs) And it's just like, so friendly. You're just always welcome. And, um, that is, yeah, such a, such a great, um, environment, especially for, obviously who they're catering for, but um, yeah, such a great example. And then there's other coffee shops. You just like go get your coffee for a dollar and that's it, you know?
1: Oh yeah. You're not hanging around there for too long. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> but then it's also interesting because I think um, my client was telling me that the comparison was around like um, Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and apparently like Dunkin' Donuts in America, like I don't know what this is for global listeners, but um, apparently they like have the best rated coffee but it's like the price difference and also like dunkin donuts is like the every day person coffee shop versus like the starbucks which is a little bit more like high-end coffee even though Mm -hmm. dunkin donuts is technically rated as the better tasting coffee
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so interesting it is interesting i love branding it's so cool <laughs> but yeah it kind of puts your perspective on the importance of it in a way um and you'll see that in your everyday life i think and i think as entrepreneurs we kind of notice them more than others yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm always on brand awareness always yeah <laughs> i'm always trying difficult. to figure out how this company brands themselves and how this company successfully brands itself and yeah it's always on your
0: radar <laughs> have you got any, like, I mean, okay. So keep in mind the audience, like, I mean, there's a range of different listeners, but I know that a lot of the audience are kind of creating like soulful businesses. A lot of them are service-based, um, not all, but a lot. And, um, but they're all really creating something that they really love. And that's from the heart, you know? So in, with that in mind, do you have any other tips that you could give on, um, like branding or marketing or anything that's like, something that most people might not think of that's just like a small little tweak people could make.
1: Yeah. um, I think it would definitely be, be true to yourself um, and kind of put that personal spin into when you brand. And I'm sure people do that. Um, You know, you can, especially with service-based businesses, you kind of um, already have that personal personality, your personality into that business. Um, but I think to really stay focused on, um, your end goals and focused on, um, keeping that personality in your branding is what's going to make you stand out. Um, it's easy for someone to call themselves, you know, it's easy for someone to say, you know, I'm positive, I'm a positive, you know, um, coach and, you know, I can coach your, I can help you build this, you know, e-commerce business and blah, blah, blah. Like that's really easy to say, but you need to kind of find something within your personality and then and in your niche that's really going to make you stand out and make and kind of capture that um that interest of future mm-hmm. clients
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know i haven't really touched upon a service-based business so i hope i'm making sense but no, um really. if i were to get a, you know a if i were to hire somebody service-based that's what i would look for right it's that personal spark that um mm-hmm. is important to have within your branding um you know i am able to see that okay Viola she has this personal spark that I really resonate with you know she and and I'm able to make to see that difference with someone who's more you know um who doesn't really put in that personal spark into their brand so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and so that's like um I think I see that as well in, in terms of like how you said before making sure that you like keep that yeah because one thing that I find really interesting and I think it comes from like more traditional type businesses that you know were built in a very different way than now that we have this whole online space where um kind of like professionalism a system like of how to speak to people and like all that kind of stuff was kind of at the forefront of what helped the business become successful you know and it was like all secret, like you don't tell people what you do because competition and blah 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 um and now it's business is a lot more about connectivity you know it's about like how well are you connecting with your ideal clients and the people yeah. that you want to be reaching. And, um, when we talk about like bringing your personality through, I think a lot of people still sometimes have this idea and I notice like at the beginning, I noticed myself fall into it, but I still sometimes like catch myself thinking in that direction. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, hold up girlfriend, because it's like this idea that we have to be professional or like, you know, whatever online, and of course, there's a professionalism to business. There's like, you know, honoring your business, which I would more, you know, like more that feminine vibe resonates with me of like it's more that how can you honor your business? How can you really um, show up for your business in a way that's honoring both you and your potential clients and your audience, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's professionalism in the sense of like, where you have to put on like the robot voice, you know, yeah. you have yeah. to like be like, and now blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. da, 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 da. and it's like, no, you're allowed to, if you are someone who, um, you know, um, uses analogies all the time, use analogies in your, in your uh, branding in your terms and in the way that you speak online. If you sing sometimes when you speak, sometimes when you speak, you know, um, and don't lose that aspect, that's what you mean, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's keeping that, um, you know, personality within your brand, like, yeah. and you're right, even myself, like there are times where, you know, I'll answer some customer inquiries and I'll be speaking, you know, um, like you said, like, as if I have a whole team behind me, <laughs> Yeah, we'll get back to you very soon. Like, we'll, we'll look at that tracking number and get back to you. And sometimes Actually, I, really. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes those same, you know, subscribers will talk to me on Instagram and I notice my own tone changing. Yes. It becomes more like, right. And it becomes more like, I don't know. It just doesn't, you don't feel like you need to be professional anymore. And, yeah. or you feel like you don't need to put on that professional voice um, mm-hmm. or that tone. And then I thought to myself, well, Really, what makes my brand stand out is it that I do I want to be perceived as someone who has this whole production, like this whole company helping me, or do I want to be perceived as that you know that entrepreneur in her early 20s that's doing her best to create this brand for girls, Um, and you know I'm putting that personal touch to it and really connecting with um, you know clients and customers on a more personal level, and I think that now the generations changed. You're right. You know back then. You know, like years ago, you kind of always look for that professionalism. But now, social media, you're now looking for a personality. Like you're looking for yeah. a person behind the brand. Yeah. And you need that person to shine into your brand as well. Yeah. That's this, super this, important.
0: Oh, totally. This reminds me of two really good examples as well that I thought I'd share because they're perfect. Um, to what you're saying, it's like there's um. So I buy my shampoo online, obviously. <laughs> like, where else do you buy things? Um, and I messed up my address because we like, were traveling a lot. And so I realized that my order was being sent to like somewhere completely different where I don't even live anymore. And, um, I messaged them, like I emailed them back, but then I decided just to message them on Instagram and they literally got back to me and they, they're like, oh no, okay, quick. Like, what's your email? I'll check into it for you. Like just speaking to me, like I'm a, I'm a girlfriend, you know, not like mm-hmm. I'm, a customer that they need to send their customer service team after and they were (laughs) using like heart emojis and XX and it was just like such a nice experience that I literally felt like I was talking to a friend that my whole perception of the company completely changed from like I'm just buying product from this company to like oh yeah that company (laughs) you know we go way back kind of vibe (laughs) and um then the other thing is like I bought a couple of um Uh, postpartum products from this brand and then after you know after I had my baby I just posted them on Instagram and and I tagged them but with no real intention other than I was just tagging them because that's what you do and they messaged me back and they reshared my item and they messaged me back and they took the time to actually go on my profile and they messaged me back like congratulations on Milo he's so sweet I hope you love the products and I was like what? So <laughs> what is like the most nice message ever? Like for a company to actually take the time for two seconds, just to look at your profile and, you know, make that personal connection. Yeah. It makes such a difference. And now I'm just like, I'm just buying all of your products now. <laughs> like <laughs> if I ever need anything else postpartum, you know where I'm going.
1: <laughs> it's true. It is that personal. Yeah. It has that personality to it and it almost makes you feel like your family. Yeah. And that's, I think brands, you know, people like one tip I can give people who are starting out service-based businesses or even product-based businesses yeah. is to really, really understand the market you're catering to. You're not catering, you know, some people may be catering to an older generation who yeah. may look for that kind of professionalism or some may be catering to millennials where we actually look for that kind of personal <laughs> relationship with a brand, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, I know you're absolutely right. And those are like really two great examples (laughs) because I do that. I message, I feel like I'm more friendly on Instagram and I, you know, I also send heart emojis and, and, you know, exclamation marks and I'm very expressive when I talk to my subscribers on Instagram or Facebook. Um, And I never noticed when I compared email via. It is so funny though,
0: because email does feel like a more old school way of communication, which is, I wonder why that it like comes across more that way in email. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but it's like and and i mean at the same time there's nothing wrong with that i think it's just like it is okay to put in you know like a smiley face in your email it's fine yeah. um or even just to like use the tonality that you would use versus like trying to use language that's super proper if it's not appropriate i mean i think there's sometimes emails you know where we do need to address it in a slightly different tone but that's okay. like a whole different conversation oh yeah um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh my gosh, amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to share, like or anything else that you feel um that would be valuable to share with the audience before we sort of start to wrap up?
1: Yeah, um this is just something that I wish I told myself. Um, you know, my first year of starting is to never give up. I know it's so cheesy. You probably hear it everywhere, but <laughs> where I was two years ago. Uh, I would never, ever, ever think I would be where I am now. I'll be honest with you. And there have been so many times where I literally sat myself down and said, okay, I think you need to just give this dream up. <laughs> like, just mm-hmm. give it up. You know, it's not working as, you know, it's not that it wasn't working, but it's not working to the degree that I wanted it to be. Right. But I'll tell you, a slow and steady growth sometimes is better. You know, you learn along the way that when you do get, when you do grow it to a scale that you dreamed of, you kind of already know what to do. You're not really doing your trial and errors at that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad in a way that I started out slower than I thought I would because I was able to work on branding and trial and errors and, you know, um, pausing the business for a little bit and then getting back to it because that really is what builds my success now. And I just, yeah, that's just the message. Like you may think you'll never be in the shoes of someone who's successful. you We always see that success story and you never think it's you, but it will be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it will be you just have to, you know be very persistent and really. You know nothing comes easy either. I get a lot of people who, you know, message me and they want to start a business. And you know, I ask about it a month later, and they kind of given up. And it's like you, you need to realize businesses do not. It's not night and day. It's mm-hmm. not even a month. It, it will. It may take a year or two to mm-hmm. really, to really build a business. And so, patience and persistence. And if you really, really want something, I really, really suggest um, going for your dream because it will happen. Success will happen. You just got to be patient with yourself.
0: Oh. Yeah. 100% I so agree and it's like so funny like I giggle before when you're like I know it's cheesy but I feel like the, those like cheesy quotes like you know like even with like finding love it's like when you know you know and like yeah like never give up it's because they're freaking true <laughs> they, they seem cheesy but it's like everyone who's experienced it knows you know knows yeah. how true they are um it's not just something people say it's literally true
1: but yeah, no, it's literally true. Yeah. And, yeah. One of the
0: perspectives that was like really powerful for me as well, with like what you were saying, like it took you two years, which isn't necessarily even that long of a time in hindsight. And I know for me it's like I had five years of what I call my struggle entrepreneur years before I really started making money. And mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's like we kind of all go through periods of toughness. Or, you know, whatever. I think we always look back though and we're glad. We never look back and we're like, oh, well, I wish it happened differently because we see the the power and the way that our journey happened. And then on top of that, when you look forward, like the time's going to pass anyway. Like if it's going to take you two years, five years, 10 years, whatever, like t- two years, five years and 10 years is going to come and go, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. so you may as well be pursuing your dream rather than like the 10 years past and be like, Oh, I wonder what it would happen if I ever stuck that thing out.
1: You know? oh, and and that's literally what I always say to myself. Like yeah. if you give up, you don't know what you would have built in another year or two. So just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I know you, you kind of realize the potential that you have, um, once you start it, right. You know, there's potential there. Half the time it's just marketing yourself, you know, it's just building that brand and that takes time. So yeah I that's all I really want to say is that just don't give up it's so easy to and I've Mm -hmm. seen it and I sometimes want to like yell at people and say no don't give up like your idea is amazing like don't give up but you know some people just really they're hard on themselves don't be hard on yourself (laughs) yeah exactly
0: just a little little bit of self-love and self-compassion a little bit of persistence you'll be fine (laughs) yeah
1: you'll be fine just a little bit of everything and coffee lots of coffee
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, amazing! Well, where can people connect with you if they want to kind of like learn more? If they want to, if they maybe have a daughter, they want to get a uh, Petite Princess Box for, or just like follow your journey a little bit more. Where are the best places to link them to?
1: Yeah, so Petite Princess Box, that's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, they can connect with me there, and feel free to message me, um, even if you don't, you know, you're not interested in the product, but you just want to chat about building a business and building a brand. I'm more than happy to chat. Um, I talk a lot. I love talking, so take advantage of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find me there. And yeah, perfect. So that's linked that's in the it. show notes
0: as well. And if you've loved this episode, I'd be honored if you take a screenshot and upload it onto your Instagram story and tag both myself at Viola Hug and Kelly at the Petite Princess Bot. Wait, what was it? Petite, Petite Princess Bot. Yeah, just <laughs> not the Petite Prince Petit Princess Box, just Petite Princess Box. Hi, Kelly, tag me. And um, so we both know that you listened and we can connect a little bit further. And Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really fun talking about all this. Oh yeah, it has been. Thank you so
1: much for having me. Absolutely. We'll catch you later. And to everyone listening, we'll see you next week.